Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 3, verses 12 through 16, called Press On. When I first was a Christian and I had not become a full-time pastor, I was still in the business world and I had gone on a business trip to Arizona. I was flying back to Southern California and I was on a plane and I, I would often pray, Lord, you know, if you've got someone for me to share the gospel with, please use me. I, I want to win people to Christ. And I was on a plane, but I have to admit I was tired and I wasn't feeling very spiritual. It was the end of a long day. I was flying back home and I kind of, I had a window seat and I just was like, Lord, I just want to sleep. Please let people sit next to me who are quiet. Something like that. <laughs> and a mother and a son, the son sat next to me. He looked like he was about 15 years old, and the, the mom was on this side. And I was against the window, and I thought, oh, I should probably be social. After all, I am a Christian. And uh, so I got up, and I, I had an old laptop. I put it on my lap, and I started doing a little bit of work. And I had the kid's interest, and he looked over, and he was like, oh, that's pretty cool. He goes, here's the, here's the key question. Can you play games on that? And I was like, oh, yeah, you can play different kinds of games. And I said, what's your name? And we went back and forth a little bit. And uh, turned out the kid played drums. And I was the drummer on the worship team way back in the day. And uh, we had a connection. And as I found out more, I noticed that the mom was beaming, her smile. And she began to lift off the seat in the airplane just a little bit. She was so happy. Well, here's what happened. The kid was on his way to a Christian camp. He had been struggling with drugs and alcohol. And mom was using a last-ditch effort in this Christian camp to try to turn his life around. And of all the places that they could have sat on a plane, and all the moments that they could have taken a flight, the Lord sat them right next to a pastor who played drums like this young man, who had some cool technology that interested him, and had come out of a life of partying and I knew what it was like to go that direction. And for about the next 45 minutes, I began to pour into this young man. And the mom raised higher and higher on that seat. She was like... <laughs> and afterwards, she, she shared with me how she saw that as a miracle. I wasn't even feeling too spiritual, to be honest with you. <laughs> and the Lord used that as a moment. And I just want to tell you this. As you run your race, you just never know what the Lord has divinely set up. And you can just simply minister to someone. And I, I believe that that young man's life was changed that day because he knew that there was a God who cared about him. And I was flying high that day just because I saw the graciousness of my God in my life. Now, I could say a lot to you about Paul and what he pursued prior to Christ, but I think most of you know. And here's what he says in verse 13. He says, brethren... I don't regard or consider myself as having laid hold of it yet. Philippians 3.13. But one thing I do. If you have a King James, it says, this one thing I do. The Greek literally is one thing. And I love that because it keeps it simple. The one thing that Paul does in the race has two components. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. 
Now, continuing with the sports metaphor, Paul says, you got to forget what's behind you. Now, what does Paul mean? Well, he kind of has the idea of selective amnesia in mind. Now, let me go back to athletics. A quarterback has to have a short memory. If you throw an interception, you could be devastated that you let your team down. But you have to have a short memory because you're going to go back out and try to lead your team on the next, uh, you know, set of downs. How about a golfer? A golfer hits one in the water. Well, there's no one you can look to as a golfer. You either got to figure it out or you're not going to make it. We go to anything. Baseball player strikes out twice, comes up in the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded. You're going to think about all those strikeouts or take this as a new at bat. You guys get it? I mean, I could go on and on with many different illustrations, but the point remains the same. You've got to forget former failures. Look, your sins were paid for in full at the cross. I've got stuff, you've got stuff that breaks my heart from my past. Things that I did, ways I've treated people, decisions I made, but those were nailed to, with the, uh, Jesus at the cross. Amen? God's no longer counting my sins against me. When he sees me, he sees me through the righteousness of his son. Praise the Lord. So I can forget that. Now, I haven't completely forgotten my past. And when Paul does bring his past up in the New Testament, and by the way, he does, he always uses it as an opportunity to share about the grace of God. He says in 1 Timothy 1, I used to be like this. I was a violent aggressor. I had an anger problem. But I'm the chief of sinners. But God saved me to demonstrate his perfect patience. When he speaks to governors and kings and the Jewish brethren, he said, Brethren, I used to be this way. When Stephen was being stoned, I threw the black pebble. I said, Yes, he should die. Paul had regrets. And he wasn't afraid to revisit his past if... It was an opportunity to celebrate the grace of God. Amen? So when I share my testimony, I will often say, sometimes to people's surprise, I was not born a pastor. I didn't roll a pulpit out into the living room at two years old. Open to the book of Genesis. No. I have known life without Christ. I have known life without a goal without him in my life. And if I'm going to talk about my past, that's what I try to stick on, to celebrate the grace of God in my life. Amen? Now, there are, there's some value to revisiting the past if you can see the grace of God or what God's done for you. Maybe some forgiveness needs to happen. There's some value in that. And I think Paul's even talking about his past accomplishments outside of Christ. Whatever was gained to me, Philippians 3, we've already studied earlier in the chapter, I now consider a loss. Yes, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Yes, I was a Pharisee. Yes, I was circumcised the eighth day. Yes, according to the outward keeping of the law, I was blameless. But those things that I thought were so important, I have now put in the loss category. Forget it. It doesn't matter. It didn't earn me anything. It, it actually alienated me from God. It made me proud. Past accomplishments in the flesh without Christ. Past mistakes in my life. Forget it. We have a famous saying in our family. My mom will say, forget about it. And you got to say with a little Italian angst. Forget about it. <laughs> Y'all, forget about it. Some of you... 
The devil keeps bringing up your past. You keep sitting there in the past mistake. And it's like you can't even forgive yourself. You've got to move on. You've got to press on. If that thing is weighing you down, move on. If a past accomplishment outside of Christ, or even some memories of your life before you were a Christian that really don't have any good bearing on your life today, leave it behind you. And instead, stretch forward, reach forward. Here the idea is of the tape at the finish line. It's, uh, have you ever seen this before? They'll have a race and one runner, almost like a photo finish, will just stretch their neck out at the very end and they'll win by a hair. This is the Greek of the text. Forget what lies behind and stretch towards the tape. That's the athletic illustration. There's a story of the Miracle Mile way back in the day. Uh, Floyd Bannister against uh, an Australian guy. His name uh, escapes me. Uh, starts with an L. But the story of the Miracle Mile, two men on the earth who both ran sub four-minute miles, under four minutes, raced one another. And the race was extremely close until one of the runners in the final leg looked back. And when he looked back to see where his opponent was, his opponent passed him. That's the lesson of the miracle mile. Here's Paul's illustration. Don't look back. Don't focus on the past. Stretch forward. Keep your eyes on the goal. The great Richard Baxter was asked, how have you managed to be so productive in all your years as a believer? Given all that you have suffered, he lived till he was 76. He responded, did Baxter, I think about heaven for 30 minutes a day. You, you're asking me, here's, I'll tell you what has made the difference in my life. Every day, I think about heaven for a half an hour a day. George Mueller, he talked about the beginning of his day. George, what's the secret to you praying in faith for these uh, orphanages and all of that? George Mueller says, my first business every morning is to get my heart happy in the Lord, close quote. These are the ones that have run before us, brethren. And they were living in difficult times with difficult circumstances and difficult challenges. George Mueller often sat at a table and prayed over food that wasn't there. And he said, my first business every day is to get my heart happy in the Lord. Oh, Lord, I say, with as spoiled as I am, forgive me for not having the same attitude that was also in Christ Jesus. Amen? More could be said, but I think you get the point. We, we leave the past behind us, the things that don't have any fruit in remembering, and we press on. Don't you know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? 1 Corinthians 9.24 Run in such a way that you may win. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, the broken down walls, and it came about. It was reported in Nehemiah 6, 1 through 3 to Sambalot, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, and to the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall, that it had no breach remaining in it, although at that time I had not set up the doors of the gates. Sambalot and Geshem sent a message to me and said, come, let us meet together in Kepharim, in the plain of Ono, but Nehemiah says they were planning to harm me. And I sent messages to them and I said, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should I stop the work 
while I leave and come down to you. If you want an answer to your invitation to meet you in the valley of Ono, here's my response. Oh no, I won't go. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hello, I'm Rob Newton, producer of Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth partners for your financial support. We are over halfway through this year, and you have raised over $30,000 to support our mission of being on the radio and podcast equipping people with God's truth. Now, we have more opportunities to broadcast Walk in Truth on more radio stations. That means we can serve more communities with Pastor Michael's unique way of teaching through the Bible. Radio is still strongly used by people all over the world. Not everyone gets to use podcast and stream on their phone, but radio in a car or at home is still free for listeners. Most listeners who reach out to Walk in Truth are listening on the radio. Now our audience is growing, and so are the opportunities. We would love to expand the program, and we need your help to do it. It costs thousands of dollars for airtime, and we could use more Walk in Truth partners. Are you blessed by Pastor Michael's teachings? Are you learning? Are you being challenged? We hope to reach more people like you. Would you please consider becoming a $20 monthly Walk in Truth partner? We are looking for at least 200 more listeners to help continue our mission to equip the body of Christ. Right now, our church and current Walk in Truth partners help pay the bills, but we would like to become fully funded by listeners. This will make it so what we have from the church can be used for expansion. Please sign up to become a Walk in Truth partner on walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. Again, become a $20 monthly partner by visiting walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. To meet you in the valley of Ono, here's my response. Ono, I won't go. Do you get the point, brethren? I'm rebuilding the walls here. I'm doing a great work. I am not going to be distracted, especially knowing that your goal is to harm me. Oh, no. I'm not breaking stride. Oh, no. I'm not going back there. Oh, no. I won't go. I'm running a race, and I'm going to run in such a way that I may win. You see, I'm pressing on verse 14. We'll move quickly through these last few verses. I'm pressing on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul, what do you mean? Well, he repeats the idea that I'm pursuing, and then he talks about this prize, middle of 14. The word in the original language is a prize in the public games, an award given to the victor or the winner of the game, a prize. But what is this business of an upward call of God in Christ Jesus? Back in Paul's day, they they would run the races and all of that, and then they would have judges, like of athletic contests, who would be on a bima. A bima seat was an elevated uh, platform for judges of court cases, but also for athletic competitions. And a winner of a game, the winning athlete would approach the bima and receive an upward call from the judge. The upward call was simply to come up 
on the bima, the elevated platform. They might say something like this, come up here. That's what Jesus is going to say one day to us. Come up here. And then what would happen, you can think back to our Olympic Games, usually an athlete will bow and get a medal placed around their neck. Back in the day, the athlete would come up, receive the upward call, and the judge would place a crown back in Paul's time, a wreath of flowers placed on the head as a sign that you were the victor. On special occasions, commentators have pointed out, in Rome, the emperor himself would be at the games. And the winning athlete would receive an upward call to the bima where the emperor of Rome was. And he himself, on special occasions, would award the athlete with the wreath or the crown of flowers. Paul, going from the lesser to the greater, says, on that day, I'm going to receive an upward call. And this is what my eyes are on. But it's not going to be the emperor of Rome. The one that's going to give me the upward call is the king of kings and the lord of lords. And he's going to say, Paul, you can put your name there. Well done. This is 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. Listen to it with this image in mind. Paul says, this is 7 and 8. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And all God's people said, yes. You mean to say that when I get there to the finish line, the judge of all the earth is going to give me a crown and say, well done. I am saying to you, yes, on biblical revelation. Yes and amen. And it may be that we lay the crown right back at his feet. I don't know. It really doesn't matter. But when I hear the words, well done, you ran well. Here you go. Here is your reward. I'm telling you, that thrills my heart. And I'm telling you, that is the prize that our eyes got to stay on. Amen? Amen? This is how you run, brethren. This is how you run with endurance through the tough times, the ups and downs, final two verses. So what do we do? Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, or you could say mature, have this attitude. This whole series we've called, Have This Attitude in Yourselves, which was also in Christ. Here's, here's the application. Here's the therefore. In light of what we've learned, let's have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude... God will reveal that also to you. So let's say you're called to have this attitude of keeping your eye on the prize, but let's say you've been distracted. Let's say that you've been off course. Then you've got to pray something like David. Here's the prayer. Oh Lord, search my heart. And if there's anything in my heart that's a stumbling block, that is an obstacle, that is not pleasing to you, eradicate it, so that I can live a life pleasing to you. Search me, O God. And the way that God reveals things to us, of course, primarily is through the Scriptures, through the preaching of the Word of God. But sometimes He'll give us a nudge. Sometimes we'll have a sense from the Holy Spirit that we need to redirect, man. That we've been pulling other people down. That our eyes are off of Jesus. That we're off the track. Maybe we're way over here somewhere. And if 
Paul says to the Philippian church, look, if that's the case, if you have, you've had a different attitude lately, well, if God's revealed something to you, then let it search your heart and redirect your steps. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. Here, the idea of keep living, single Greek word, stoicheo, it has the idea of military ranks. And here's how Paul closes the teaching. It's, it's, it's something like this. And remember, you're not running alone. If you look to the left and to the right, there's other brethren encouraging you to run with endurance, inciting you to love and good deeds. You're not alone. Keep running. Keep staying in rank with the church. Run together. I loved last week with Beit Shalom. It was so much fun to see you guys break out of your comfort zone. And we danced a little bit around the sanctuary. Like, yeah, yeah. Is this okay? Couple people were like, is this okay? I think it's okay because Pastor Michael's over there. <laughs> yeah. And it was cool, wasn't it? And I, and I tell you what, that whole week I ran a little bit easier. My feet were a little lighter. Amen. That's what fellowship does. That's why you got to not try to be a solo runner. You run with other Christians. You, you give and you receive and you look toward the finish line. Turn over to Luke 17 and we're done. As you turn, I'm going to ask uh, Johnny and Luis to come on up. Luke 17. I know there's a lot of crazy things going on in our world right now. Some are asking, are we in the last days? I honestly can tell you I'm on storm watch. I don't know. Uh, but I do know that there's a lot of interesting, interesting things that are going on that we just need to be vigilant and aware. Jesus talked about his second coming and he said these words. This is Luke 17, verse 28. He says, it was the same, Luke 17, 28, as happened in the days of Lot. He's talking about his second coming. They were eating, Luke 17, 28. They were drinking. They were buying. They were selling. They were planting. They were building. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man, Christ, is revealed. On that day, let not the one who is on the housetop and whose goods are in the house go down to take them away. Likewise, let not the one who's in the field turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Jesus, what do you mean, we might ask? Well, what did she do? The angels were trying to pull them out of town, and Lot's wife, so attracted to the world, she looked back, probably got caught up in the fire of the judgment because she didn't flee. We are in interesting times, and it is very important that we stop looking back and we keep our eyes on the prize. Amen? The Lord Jesus at the finish line cheering us on. God is not against you. He is for you. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. Keep running. You've been listening to Press On Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 3, 12 through 16. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, are you in need of prayer or guidance? Sometimes getting through the week has its challenges and we have pastors ready to hear what you have to say. Whatever you're going through, please call us. 
Walk in Truth has pastors on staff ready to talk to you Tuesdays through Fridays during normal daytime business hours. Please call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, the bottom line, brethren, is press on. (laughs) And I love the image. Keep on running. Uh, Don't give up. The Lord will give you the stuff that you need to keep running this race, to run with endurance. Run in such a way that you may win. You know, many people uh, line up at a starting line in a marathon. Not everybody finishes and only one person wins. Run in such a way that you may win. Well, that is Press On. And hey, we're moving now in the book of Philippians to another amazing section. Every section is amazing in Philippians. The power of example. You know, in order to run well, we need good examples around us. And if you surround yourself with good examples, they can inspire you to keep pressing on. We'll jump into Philippians 3, 17 through 21, Lord willing, tomorrow. Hey, keep us in prayer. Thank you for partnering with us financially. We so appreciate you. We love you. And we'll see you right here tomorrow. And remember that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and helps us do our free apologetic events too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $20 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 3, 17 through 21, called The Power of Example. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.